Taiwan. <laughs> and me, little Ramones, pick your ass up, wake you up, man. Episode 55, 55. Welcome back, motherfucking K podcast. I realized the other day that the show had. Hold up, man. This fucking mic straight before I get too deep. I mean, no, but I realized the other day that the show has officially been been out or published, whatever airing. I don't know what the fuck proper term is for a podcast streaming. That sounds about right. The this show, the K Podcast, has now been streaming for over a year. So we've hit the annual mark. I mean. Over one year anniversary, episode one aired on August 14th, 2020. So I appreciate you guys sticking with me, man. It's been quite a journey. We're still just getting started, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's just, it's funny. This thing, this whole podcast experience has been like the definition of growing pains, just figuring out as you go, man. Because there ain't no right or wrong way to do it as far as I'm concerned. There's no rules or regulations to this shit. So tell them to get the fuck out of here. I mean, but yeah, man, happy one year to the K Podcast. Let's keep it fucking rolling out here. 
episode 55. You wait. And we actually have some questions. Got some listener questions here today, baby. So let's get into it, all right? Our good friends over at Wrestling the Rap Game Podcast sent in a little fodder for us. Shouts out to Wrestling the Rap Game Podcast, my boy Pun. You know what I mean? Go check it out if you haven't yet. I know we talked about it on here before. Open your eyes and ears and see what the fuck it's really about, okay? So the question goes, what's good, my boy? Reporting live from the Wrestling the Rap Game podcast. How do you feel about the wrestling culture being represented at Rolling Loud? To give more context, they're having two actual one-on-one matches taking place on the Friday night show of Rolling Loud, which will be aired live on Fox for WWE SmackDown. In the men's match, one of the competitors, Big E. That's hilarious. That's I think I mentioned that. <laughs> that was one of the nicknames we had for my brother growing up, Big E, because his name starts with an E. But I guess that's a wrestler's name, too. In the men's match, one of the competitors, Big E, theme song is performed by Wale, and just celebrated a big win this past Sunday with West Side Gun. Side note, he could also potentially be only the fourth African-American world champion in the 70-year history of WWE and is a product of Tampa, Florida. Well, I appreciate the question, man. As I've told you guys, I think when we... When we phoned in with Pun, our wrestling correspondent here on the K Podcast. Um, honestly, I was not even aware of this shit. I've seen a bunch of Rolling Loud clips, but it was mainly of music. I didn't see anything wrestling related, at least not that uh, I can recall. That kind of piqued my interest. But to answer the question, it I mean, I don't feel any sort of way about it. It does kind of make sense. I know Pun and I have talked off air about, I mean, just as their podcast says, wrestling and rap have gone hand in hand for so long, whether it's just um, kind of like on a surface level, maybe not at the mainstream worldwide international hip hip pop level, not hip hop, but hip pop, you know the fuck I'm talking about. But um, I have noticed lately, and Pun and I talk about this all the time, that it seems the general interest in hip-hop regarding wrestling, kind of bringing it back to the mainstream, I feel like has been increasing as time has gone on. You know, um, like he mentioned, Wale, West Side Gun, these Griselda dudes... Bad Bunny, we talked about being fucking <laughs> literally in the event. Um, I know Action Bronson's always rapping about wrestling and shit like that. Smoke Dizza. So it's it's very prevalent in the hip-hop culture. So it kind of does make sense that Rolling Loud decided to incorporate a wrestling event into their uh, music festival. Because Rolling Loud overall is a music festival and i i guess a weed festival rolling loud you know pun intended yeah me (laughs) but um 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I'm surprised, I guess, you know. I don't really feel a way about it. It doesn't make a difference to me. It's kind of cool. It just adds... I think it just adds a new dynamic, especially for the live show. It'll It could potentially attract new fans. It's new... It's something new that people can watch. Like, I remember... When we were when we were in high school, right? I mean, this is before I could drive. My brother and I and all of our friends played music and we were all into music. So my dad or like one of the parents would take us to Warp Tour. I don't know if you guys remember Warp Tour. I think it's dead now, but every summer it was a tra- it was the Vans Warp Tour. It was just a traveling music festival where they would go to different major cities and set up for the weekend or, you know, a day or whatever, and they would fucking play these shows. It was a lot of, like, punk rock and rock shit. They definitely had rap out there, too, but I say that to say um, us being so young and being unable to drive ourselves to these shows and whatnot, you know, my dad or someone would take us. They would basically take us, let us run off and do our thing, enjoy the show, and then... He would fucking chill around. I don't even know what he would do during the day. You know what I mean? Honestly, fucking shouts to the fucking parents who are taking care of their kids like that. But it just made me think of it because let's say a parent is in, they might be into wrestling or just sports in general, but they hate rap music. You know what I mean? And their kid really wants to go to fucking Rolling Loud. Now they could potentially drop their kid off, let them enjoy the music and the rap side of it. And then if they want to, I mean, set up a fucking folding chair, crack a beer, just watch some wrestling, you know? So I think it just adds a new a new dynamic to the show, a new kind of facet of live performance, more or less. So I'm here for it, man. I, I have no problem with it, you know what I'm saying? Shouts to Rolling Loud, shouts to WWE, um, and shouts to Big E, you know what I mean? Tampa, Florida's finest, you understand what I'm saying? And we actually have one more question, man. <laughs> this is from my buddy who <laughs> This is from a buddy of mine who has requested to stay anonymous, so I'm gonna respect that. But he says, Hey K Pod, fantasy football season is coming up. If you had the first pick, who are you selecting? What are your preseason predictions for your beloved Jags? Is Trevor Lawrence worth drafting? Do you think the Bucks run away with back-to-back championships? P.S. I love the show, and thanks for making my commute to work one of the best parts of my day. Stay sexy as always, Dr. Evil. <laughs> Yo, shouts to Dr. Evil, man. You know what I mean? I really appreciate the feedback. I'm going to answer your questions here, but I just want to acknowledge and salute that, uh, you know, I'm glad we I can accompany you audibly on your commute to work, man. That's what this shit's all about, man. Spreading information, but spread joy, man. We're just fucking around, yeah, mate. Try to have a good time out here, man. But yeah, so fantasy football is coming up. Actually, I think our draft is next weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I know a couple of the dudes in our fantasy football group listen to this pod, so they're probably going to laugh at my answers here because... As I've mentioned before, as time has gone on, man, my, not my interest in sports, but just my overall engagement in sports and like keeping up with the details and blah, 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 has been steadily decreasing. You know what I'm saying? I just, there's not enough time in the day, but 
Um, fantasy football is coming up to answer the first question. If I had the first pick, who am I selecting? I have no fucking clue, man. I'm winging this shit. This is how it's just been getting the past couple years. I'm trusting the ESPN stats and how they list these players to kind of help guide me <laughs> to make the correct picks. You know what I mean? So it's gonna definitely going to be a game time decision, pun intended. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what are your preseason predictions for your beloved Jags? Um, not, <laughs> not super positive, you know. I just I've learned as a Jags fan not to get my fucking hopes up. I also did see I was down in the gym the other day and they had ESPN um, on the TV down there, and I saw that I guess we already released Tim Tebow. I think I mentioned that briefly that the Jags had decided to hire Tim Tebow as a tight end and for whatever reason that didn't work out it looks like because they already let him go so sorry Timmy Timmy boy but yeah I mean I don't know I've gotten my my hopes up for the Jags way too often and been let down so I'm not even you know it, it, it'll be what it'll be at this point fuck it I don't really give a shit um is Trevor Lawrence worth drafting I cannot really give you a legit answer on that I know who Trevor Lawrence is and I know he's one of the highly coveted quarterbacks coming into the into the new season but it's just hard to tell with these football players man I mean sport sports athletes in general but specifically football because I feel like they're so prone to injury this dude could be fucking God's gift to the sport of football and literally first game of the season, you know what I mean? He could be out for the whole season. Fucking break something, hurt something or whatever. You, you never know, man. So I don't know. Shouts to Trevor Lawrence. Hope you have a great season, man. But, you know, we'll see. And lastly, do you think the Bucks run away with back-to-back championships? That I don't know either, man. I wouldn't be mad because they're pretty much Tampa's holding it down for Florida sports right now. <laughs> And I know I told you guys the good luck that I had last season with the Bucks placing that bet on them winning the Super Bowl. So at the end of the day, if they win, I wouldn't be too mad at it. I'm not like necessarily rooting for the Bucks. I'm also not rooting against them. Like I said, at this place in time, or at this point in time, they're kind of the Florida football team. The Jags suck. The Dolphins aren't doing very good as, as far as I know. And then they got the Lightning over there in Tampa killing it as well. I don't know how the Rays are doing, but it seems like Tampa's holding it down for the rest of the state right now. So I'm going to say go Bucks. you know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, just to clarify, I don't really give a fuck either way. But, you know, someone's got to win it, so why not be them? You know what I mean? Appreciate the questions from Dr. Evil and Wrestling the Rap Game Podcast. You heard. Much love to you guys. Keep sending them in, therealkpodcast at gmail.com. Sometimes I do forget to check these just because they come in so infrequently. So when I saw these, the Wrestling the Rap Game was from July 20th, so I'm fucking late on that. Um, so sorry about the delay, but much love to you guys, man. Keep sending them in, The real kpodcast at gmail.com always reiterate and follow the instagram the real k podcast might make that twitter soon not too sure yet but either way we motherfucking out here damn right but you know the vibes man 
we're going to move it on to our music section. Not too much new music for today's episode, but we do got a few things that we going to touch on, you know I mean? Shit. Shit. Uh, first things first, man. My motherfucking mans, alright? I know we've talked about him. We haven't had him on here yet. I know you've heard him before. But my motherfucking bro, Matain. It's not even a new record, but it's new to streaming platforms. Because I've heard this record for years now, and it's been one of my favorites of his. When he performs this shit, it always goes crazy. So he finally put it out on streaming platforms. This is the new single from Matain City Reppin'. You heard? Pissed me the murderous intent. Better make sure you eating good. Got niggas who stack who live in the messes, but rappers, so they never lead a hood. They just lead a roof, smoke a seat of wood. With a Spanish chick, get you speaking fluid. And we all killers, it's the deep in fluids. We just bully shit, nigga, nigga, shoot. Well, I've been just fine, and all of my haters, cause they get invited. They stick around me what they think about me, and don't think about them, I've hated on mine. But what up when I got so many decisions? So many decisions. Is it kettle, tequila, black velvet, the henny, and metal would rid me? Oh, shit. shit, it's stressful. Got a hookah blowing in the bedroom. Money calling homie, I'll be dead soon. Cause the faculty, that'll be dreadful. Cause the smart ass and the dead fool. Say flowers to mama and show the future. Send a message like trying to bet you regret it. Look what I would do to you. Bet that the shit would crucial. What suit you? I'm sat with a hoodie, yo. Yeah. Want my brother red vine at the good stout. Yeah. Yo, fam, right the fans got a couple sands. Oh, they're good with the weed, but good looking, bro. Yeah. You can look on me. I be chilling on the stoop with my crew. Couple niggas finna shine. Couple niggas finna loo. Nigga, don't be surprised if you come around the loop. If you do, but you fast and the cast like a shoot. Better keep it moving. Don't speak. No shoes. Oh, jeez. Shoot. Tie. Rose. Peace. A flag. Shouts to motherfucking Matane, you heard? But yeah, like I said, I know he's had that record for a while. It's always funny from the artist's perspective. You got these old-ass records you've been sitting on, but people haven't heard him yet, so to them it's new, but to you, you're like, man, I'm fucking sick of this shit, but... Definitely one of my favorite Matane records, man. City reppin'. Go check that shit. Go get that shit. You heard? Oh, yeah. Also, the fucking legend, Alchemist, did a joint project with Boldy James called Bo Jackson. I'll play a joint off of this. Joint. Play a joint off the joint, you know what I mean? Um, there's a bunch of features on here. I'll play, I was going to play one without features, but I forgot. This song called Fake Flowers, they got two of my favorites, Currency and Freddie Gibbs on here. So we're going to play this joint, you heard. Where we at? Where we at? Bo Jackson. 
ladies on the yacht ain't talking areola two for ten purple tops high boxing for paranoia non-opinionated please don't ask me how i feel about it everything i stand on in these streets i'm down to kill behind it die about it possibly the first to say i got it honest turn the 504 into a block this shit ain't rocket science got this shit down to a t Robin poster did his big got power dope in the strig how you get out doing three still getting hit off on consignment for the duty free difference between you and me how long it take to move a key my life is what it look like when god favors you if you know what i made it through then you can understand how we got the upper hand and how that bubble biz navy blue you do what you do to get paid i do what i get paid to do can't even count for all the money i done made with goo so much dope in this bitch they fuck around and raid the store cause pokes landing diagonal off out the castle ferraris gallons the bulls dancing horses skedaddle shifting gears with the paddle box in my shadow count stacks from music and fashion is multitasking the price of the price it all depends on who you asking Crawl crooked in the vet, my partner had the vanity. I was assassinating the damn the same time, playing in the mansion with the showcase driveway, the backyard with the hammock. Used to be smoked out at the Los Angeles standard. First season, BBC thought I was wearing pajamas. The fools ain't like me, already there ahead of my time. To analyze my lines years later, realize my state of mind. It's too late for all them fake flowers. The weed aroma don't overpower it. I raise my money like a child, and I'm so proud of it. <laughs> So proud. <laughs> yeah. Nigga, fuck them kids. I ain't your mentor, your role model. Ferrari Monza got one seat, get a Uber bitch. How them hoes follow. Moved up from Porsche Carrera, four dollars. The funny thing is, I still had all the bitches when I had no dollars. Freak with flying mileage, I might ship in a freak. Jose La V, I'm in Paris with your bitch as we speak. Bitch, been I key. Spanish girl gonna turn to two, two, or three. And if her uncle wasn't my plug, I smoke his ass and have her working for me. Yeah. It's kind of mania, my brain be working. Nigga ran through Wendy with the moxies at the mateys working. If he old enough to hold the strap, I had your baby working. Youngsters on AD and PCP, they ain't afraid to murder. Insane rabbit gang, I'm talking gang of murder. Jewish lawyer make the police look like they framed the murder. I don't sell no work on the phone, bitch, I got janky service. KT all the army, ho, go and get you a Navy service. Doghouse, crack house, Molly, your ex house. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson ain't dead. He live in my guest house. For those who don't know, Freddie Gibbs and Michael Jackson are both from Gary, Indiana. So that's a little, yeah, I mean. I've also heard him say in interviews that apparently his dad, Freddie Gibbs' dad, used to like compete against Michael Jackson because they're both from Gary, Indiana and they were both singers. And obviously, Michael Jackson more or less, you know, beat him out, I guess you could say, but. I thought that was super interesting, man. Shouts to Freddie Gibbs' dad, you know what I mean? Um, also, staying with street rap, I guess. Benny the Butcher put out a new project called Pyrex Picasso, you heard. I'm going to play this one called Flood the Block, just because I like. It's got that old school vibe, you know what I mean, with the samples and scratching on the hook and shit. That good hip-hop shit, man. Hold on. Respect the scorpion, nigga. Ah. The butcher coming, nigga. Y'all know what it is, nigga. Black Soprano family, nigga. Gave niggas the benefit. Talked it out when I could have paid killers to finish it. Grave diggers that's generous. Uh -huh. From a corner store, now we made niggas. 
niggas with venices In courtrooms I ate with them same niggas they mention it My album I wrote down cocaine dealing definitive Okay, You had to play the game to really spit that articulate The word about my name is I paint some pictures meticulous And roll with a brick on the train feeling adventurous Brought on 15,000 and got it all back The money's low, I hit the bottom, I was down to a stack I thought about it, took a moment, then rerouted my map And moved my family out of town in the condo off rap Fuck with this song, I wanna hear the sound of y'all get You sound in y'all lap, riding dressed down in all black And that gangster shit you want don't come out to y'all rap And that old work you put in don't count cause y'all rap uh, Beamer weaving between cars, got me breathing hard Serving clean, we dream large with uneven odds It won't never inconvenience me to leave a broad Sometimes you sever ties even if it leave a scar It's gonna take a bank vault for that advance to suit me And I'ma buy Versace since they banning Gucci In interviews they ask me questions and I answer truthfully Fiend cooked a half for a can of sounded like primo on the hook with the scratches and shit but it didn't say who produced it or anything so i don't know but yeah shouts to benny man and then last but not least it's not new music but my boy big k-r-i-t big krizzle finally dropped all of his old music onto streaming platforms because he's from the era you know 08 till now so like when he was first coming out, streaming and Spotify and shit didn't exist yet. So a lot of these artists are having to kind of re-release their music to streaming platforms. And Big Crit finally put up all of his old projects. So um, I'm going to play... <laughs> I'm going to play this song, man. When This shit came out in 2012, bro. I was still in college. I've seen Big Crit live twice, and I, I remember the second time I saw him, downtown Orlando, we were going to the beach, me and my roommate Javari, and on our way there, we were hyped as fuck, we were playing this song loud as shit, because he had just dropped this project, Live from the Underground, and we were just jamming this fucking song so loud, it just, it, anytime I hear this song, it just brings me back a great memory, you know what I mean? Shouts to Big Crit, yeah that me.
bop bop bread, bop bop dick 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 Oh my god, man. If you don't know about that big crit, god damn, dude. I've heard people say they can't listen to him because he's quote unquote too southern being from Mississippi, but that just makes me love that shit even more. Because he's fucking. I don't know how you can hate on that shit, man. Big motherfucking crit. Bitch. I think that was it for new music that we're gonna play, you know what I mean? We definitely got some music topics that we're about to get into, though. So hang tight. (laughs) But yeah, just a couple things here, music-related. I don't really know what this means, but I did see a a brief article about uh, I've been seeing Britney Spears trending lately. I guess her dad has, like, controlled her entire estate, basically her entire music career. I don't know the the nitty-gritty details, you know what I'm saying? So I don't want to give you false information. But what I saw was I've been seeing a lot of traction on Twitter and social media, especially from girls who are big fans of Britney Spears that, you know, they keep saying free Britney. More or less, I guess, she had, like, zero control over her entire music catalog. And, like I said, I'm not 100% sure, but I saw this little blurb that said, James Spears, who's Britney's father, James Spears has agreed to step down, but not immediately. In the court filings, his legal team said, Mr. Spears continues to serve dutifully and he should not be suspended or removed, and certainly not based on false allegations. Mr. Spears is willing to step down when the time is right, but the transition needs to be orderly and include a resolution of matters pending before the court. We look for, and then uh, Brittany's attorney, Matthew Rosengart, said, We look forward to continuing our vigorous investigation into the conduct of Mr. Spears and others over the past 13 years while he reaped millions of dollars from his daughter's estate, and I look forward to taking Mr. Spears' sworn deposition in the near future. So yeah, like I said, I don't know all the details, but to my understanding, her father has controlled her estate for, I guess, her entire career. I mean, 13 years, she's definitely been out longer than that. I remember, (laughs) funny enough, I remember, what, how old was I? I was probably in like second grade or something, I don't even know. But one of, not the first CD that I purchased myself, but one of the first CDs that I ever owned was gifted to me as a birthday present and it was Britney Spears' debut album just because I literally was in love with her as a kid. That first album that hit me, Baby, One More Time and all that shit. As a little fucking kid, my little <laughs> my little fucking eight-year-old perverted ass loved her, was like absolutely in love with her. So one of my friends got me that CD for my birthday in like first or second grade or some shit. 
But yeah, man, I mean, shouts to Brittany. Hopefully everything works out. You know, as a creator, you never want your creations to be under the control of somebody else, whether it be a label, your estate. You know what I mean? We hear a lot about these artists passing away and then their estate is left control of their catalog, which actually brings me to the next quick topic about posthumous, posthumous. I don't fucking know. How do you say that word? Post, we're going to go with posthumous, all right? Posthumous. <laughs> Anderson Pac. Also, don't know how to fucking say his name properly. Anderson Pac, Pac. You know who the fuck I'm talking about. Silk Sonic. We talked about my mans before. But I guess he just got a new tattoo. On his forearm, he got a bunch of wording tattooed with that says, When I'm gone, please don't release any posthumous albums or songs with my name attached. Those were just demos and never intended to be heard by the public. Literally got that tattooed on his arm. Which, you know, goes to tell you how strongly he feels about it. But we've seen it time and time again. You know, recently, Pop Smoke... Uh, Nipsey Hussle released a couple joints. I mean, we've seen... This has pretty much been going on as long as music has been um, around. More specifically in this digital era that we're currently in. You know, people have, like he said, uh, B-roll or demo files on someone's hard drive. And then the artist passes away. And then either the estate, the family, the producer, people who were working on the project together kind of take it upon themselves to go ahead and release that music. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it kind of sounds forced, you know what I'm saying? So I understand where Anderson's coming from. I guess unless unless that artist specifically wrote or said something to the effect of, you know, once I'm gone, I, I do want you guys to put this out or whatever, like... I guess I can see both sides, more so the artist and Anderson side, because even as a musician, artist, whatever, even if you're working with a team, you know what I'm saying? They might be privy to projects that other people aren't, but at the end of the day, it's really, you never know what that specific artist is thinking about this piece of art, you know what I mean? Unless they've specified this is for this project, this is going to be a single, this I don't want to put out till, you know, such and such time. There's so many different moving parts with any piece of art, really, not even just music, you know, painting, uh, graphic design, videos, whatever. So I, I get where he's coming from 100%, and it is kind of like a, a sticky situation and a tricky scenario, once the artist leaves, do you posthumously, posthumous, whatever? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, should you put that out? You know, is it is it even up to you to go ahead and put that out if that specific artist didn't say anything? You know, it's it's tricky, man. But I thought he must, Anderson Pac must feel very strongly about that if he got it tattooed on his forearm. So, shouts to Anderson, you know what I mean? You know, hopefully, I think at the end of the day, all you can ask is that do do what's right by the artist. You know what I'm saying? It does suck if they never specified during their time here on Earth, but that's what wills are for. That's, you know, some of these people die young. They may have not, may have not had a chance 
to form an official will. You never know what the situation is, man. So just tread lightly, you know what I'm saying? Art is definitely not to be trifled with. You don't want to misrepresent that artist or put something out that's was super personal. Maybe they didn't want it out, man. They just had to get it out of their system and put it on a track or wax or whatever, but maybe they never planned to put that out, man. So it's kind of tricky in that regard. Um, but staying on music, I also saw a quick little blurb from the ghost. The ghost himself, Kendrick Lamar. You know what I'm saying? Kendrick is one of those highly coveted artists, especially in this generation. He's dubbed one of the best. Pretty much Kendrick, J. Cole, and Drake are like revered as the greatest artists of this current musical generation. You know what I'm saying? Fucking 2010s till now or whatever. However you want to slice it up. But being that Kendrick is one of these highly revered and kind of just not secretive, but he's definitely not in the limelight, not posting on social media hardly ever. Kind of one of these just incognito, mystique kind of artists. He just posted an announcement the other day that I'm going to read here. This was from August 20th. Kendrick says, I spent most of my days with fleeting thoughts, writing, listening, and collecting old beach cruisers. The morning rides keep me on a hill of silence. I go months without a phone. Love, loss, and grief have disturbed my comfort zone, but the glimmers of God speak through my music and family. While the world around me evolves, I reflect on what matters the most, the life in which my words will land next. As I produce my final TDE album, TDE is Top Dog Entertainment, the camp slash collective that Kendrick is a part of. As I produce my final TDE album, I feel joy to have been a part of such a cultural imprint after 17 years. The struggles, the success, and most importantly, the brotherhood. May the Most High continue to use Top Dog as a vessel for candid creators as I continue to pursue my life's calling. There's beauty in completion and always faith in the unknown. Thank you for keeping me in your thoughts. I've prayed for you all. See you soon enough. Oklahoma. I don't know what Oklahoma means, um, but from what I gather from this statement, Kendrick, I don't know if it's for contractual obligations, but it looks like he is going to squeak out one more album under the TDE umbrella, and then he doesn't really specify if he will be done with music or if he'll just kind of go his own route and you know, simply not be a part of the TDE Collective anymore, kind of just doing his own Kendrick Lamar thing. But shouts to Kendrick, man. Congratulations. Had a hell of a run. You know what I mean? Not saying it's over, but everything that he's contributed thus far is one of, you know, one of the most respected catalogs around. So, like I said, wherever the music journey, or really just his life journey takes him, you know what I'm saying? K-Podcast supports Kendrick Lamar man so once again shouts to Kendrick and sadly we gotta end the music section with some sad news um rest in peace 
to Charlie Watts, the drummer from the Rolling Stones. It says, Charles Robert Charlie Watts, the Rolling Stones drummer, has died. He was 80. Watts' publicist confirmed his death in a statement. It is with immense sadness that we announce the death of our beloved Charlie Watts, it read. He passed away peacefully in a London hospital earlier today, surrounded by his family. The statement referred to Watts as one of the greatest drummers of his generation and closed by requesting that the privacy of his family, band members, and close friends is respected at this difficult time. Watts' death comes several weeks after it was announced that the drummer would not be able to partake in the Rolling Stones' no-filter tour of U.S. stadiums. Charlie has had a procedure which was completely successful, but his doctors this week concluded that he now needs proper rest and recuperation. A rep for the band said in a statement at the time, With rehearsal starting in a couple of weeks, it's very disappointing to say the least, but it's also fair to say no one saw this coming. His light touch, singular rhythmic sense, and impeccable feel as heard on conical rock songs such as Paint It Black, Gimme Shelter, and Brown Sugar made him both the engine that powered the Stones' music and one of the most famous and respected drummers of all time. So rest in peace to Charlie Watts. I'm going to go ahead and play one of those songs that they were just talking about. I think we're going to play... Mick Jagger do a much better job of singing it than me. I mean, rest in peace, Charlie Watts, man. Here's some Rolling Stones for yes.
Yes, sir. Once again, rest in peace, Charlie Watts. Legend in the drumming community, you know what I mean? Will be missed, man. And I think that was all we had for music. But we will get to some of this other shit we got over here. She. 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 So these next topics um, are pretty much just stuff that I've seen trending online. You know what I mean? So we got to talk about them. The first one is this fucking milk crate stairs challenge. I'm sure you guys have seen it by now. It's everywhere on Twitter. It's made its way to Instagram. Fucking everywhere. People are just setting up uh, kind of a pyramid staircase going up and going down made out of milk crates. And most people are falling. I've now seen two people actually walk across and complete the whole thing. The first one that I saw was this dude literally roll. He rolled a a whole blunt walking up. He stood at the top for a minute, fucking crumbled up the weed, rolled a blunt, finished rolling it on his way down. So on the last step, he lit it up and walked off. That was the first one that I saw. Shouts to him, fucking champion, you know what I mean? But I just saw another one today, actually. This dude up in the gym did the same thing he kind of walked up the first stairs first set of stairs to the top stood on the top platform he was eating some shit eating some sort of food and then they some other guy literally just handed him two uh free weights he hit some curls up there got another plate of food kept eating and then walked down the steps completed it so shouts to him as well but yeah just these random ass fucking challenges dude i don't know how these people are thinking of this shit but like i said most of the videos people are eating absolute shit uh (laughs) so if you want a good laugh i guess i don't know they're all pretty fairly similar you know what i mean so if you want to kill some fucking brain cells then go right ahead man what the fuck is this piece of shit i mean but i saw that shit trending I also saw the other day, um, where is this? Apparently OnlyFans, which I know we talked about kind of in the beginning of the show. We were talking about OnlyFans a little more. But recently, I just saw that OnlyFans who success, this blurb right here says, OnlyFans whose success was made possible by sex workers will ban sexually explicit content starting in October. I thought that was super interesting just because like we talked about in the early episodes and like they just said here, to my knowledge, most traffic on OnlyFans is from sexually explicit content. Um, Porn stars, strippers, you know, apparently rappers have them and just kind of like hook up with girls on there. I've never been on OnlyFans. I've never used it. And I don't plan on it, but I know that their model is primarily, you know, focuses on that kind of like sex work. So the fact that they're banning that I thought was really interesting. I don't know if they have another plan or honestly what a lot of these people who use OnlyFans, what they're going to do. A lot of people were kind of forced to start using this because of COVID, the pandemic, you know, they were out of work. Artists couldn't tour anymore. Um, these porn stars, I guess, couldn't shoot anymore because, you know, you got to be on set with other people and all this other shit. So I don't know, man. Like, I thought that was interesting. 
So good luck, OnlyFans. Good luck to all those people who are potentially losing income. You know what I mean? It's never good to see, but shit, man. Got to get with the times out here. I mean, I also saw these two videos on Instagram that I thought were pretty interesting. The first one being Ashton Kutcher is apparently going to be involved with some new NFT show. I don't know if it's like a game show, if they're just going to be marketing NFTs. I saw a video on their Instagram. Let me see if I can find this shit. What's an NFT? Oof. A digital form of art or form of entertainment or a moment in time that one person can own. Beautiful answer. Hey, Vitalik, what's an NFT? Um, an NFT is a yeah, non-fungible token, and so it's a yeah, digital asset where there is only one copy of that asset on the entire blockchain. Now, NFTs can be used to represent many different kinds of things. Um, they can be used to represent works of art. Um, sometimes they're used to represent conference tickets. Uh, they're used to uh, represent um, ENS names, which is kind of like a digital name on the blockchain that you can have. Um, so uh, you can use uh, NFTs to do lots of things. I want to be Vitalik when I grow up. <laughs> what? I want to be Vitalik when I grow up. <laughs> so that was Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, and this guy, Vitalik Buterin, um, kind of explaining what an NFT is. But the caption for this video says, Vitalik Buterin created Ethereum in 2015. Ashton Kutcher has entered the NFT space by investing in NFT genius as well as a Shark Tank-like show called The Pitch, revolving around NFT companies. So yeah, man, I mean, I thought that was pretty interesting as well, you know, just because we've talked about NFTs on here before. It sounds like it's the future of art and just kind of, you know, creation almost. I don't even, I don't even know. <laughs> it's the future of time, man. The future of thinking, man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm interested to see what that show's all about. You know what I'm saying? Like, we talked about NFTs with ID and Louie, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it entirely. Like, I think I have a pretty good idea of just NFTs and the whole crypto space of the blockchain and just how all of that works. But, like I said, I mean, I'm... I'm the first to admit when I don't understand something, so I'm still get I'm still grasping it, you know what I mean? So if you don't understand either, you're not alone, bro. So uh yeah, keep your eyes peeled for Ashton Kutcher's new show, The Pitch. And I'm saying uh damn, I closed Instagram. I wanted to show this other video. There's this dude, Felipe Nunez. Um, let me pull up this video before I get too into this. He ju I know he just released a part. He's a skater. Let me start with that. He's a, a, a skater, but he's just a special kind of skater. I don't want to say handicapped or disabled because this dude can literally skate better than me. But long story short, he doesn't have any legs. This man skates with his hands and just like sits on his, you know, what's left of his legs and his ass. But this dude, I don't know if playing this video is really going to do it any justice because you're just going to hear it. You can't see it. 
But I know he just released a part. He's signed slash sponsored by Tony Hawk's skateboard company, Birdhouse. And he just put out a part. And he just, dude, <laughs> I'm going to play it. But God damn, this kid is fucking amazing. So that was just one part I forgot. And it sort of does it justice because you can hear, if you know skateboarding noises, you hear him pushing, then you hear him pop the board and grind down a fucking handrail. He does a 5-0 down this like 12 to 15 stair handrail. And like I said, this motherfucker has no legs, no feet, bro. It's fucking nuts. You have to check it out. His name is Felipe Nunez. Uh, Felipe, F-E-L-I-P-E, last name Nunez, N-U-N-E-S. I'm literally about to follow him right now. Uh, dude, fucking phenomenal. But I I wanted to mention that, A, so you can check him out and fucking support this shit. B, you know what I mean? I don't know if, if, uh, what do you call it? When I first saw this shit, it just solidified, like, perseverance you know what I mean it could always be worse there's always somebody in a worse off situation than you you know what I mean but this kid is a prime example of just fucking perseverance bro push through that shit literally like I said can literally skate better than me and most skaters that I know there are a couple good ones a couple I'm trying to get on here too yeah I mean no you are but bro he's just skating with his hands man I can't even the way I can't describe it with words to give you the full effect. You have to check it out. Check out Felipe Nunez's new part for Birdhouse. Um, what's the part called? Damn, I just closed this shit. Felipe Nunez's new skate part for Birdhouse is streaming on thrashermag.com. It's called Limitless, which makes perfect sense, dude. Shouts to Felipe, bro. <laughs> Fucking living legend, literally. I'm just, I'm watching this clip over and over. This kid is just fucking killing it. But yeah, shouts to him, man. I thought we definitely had to shout him out. You know what I mean? When I saw those clips on Instagram, I was just like, God damn, bro. But everything else, man. Actually, let's see. We got one more topic and then everything after this is going to be pretty serious so you know we save that for last around here you know what i mean how we do shit the k-pop cat but i saw this article that i thought was pretty interesting it reads the united states experienced unprecedented multiracial population growth and a decline in the white population for the first time in the nation's history according to the u.s census officials who released data thursday revealing the most sweeping picture of America's racial and ethnic makeup in a decade. These changes reveal that the U.S. population is much more multiracial and more racially and ethnically diverse than what we measured in the past, said Nicholas Jones, the Director of Race, Ethnicity, Research, and Outreach for the Census Bureau's Population Division. The white, non-Hispanic population without another race decreased by 8.6% since 2010, Jones said during a Census Bureau press briefing. 
He cautioned that some of the changes can be attributed to improvements to the survey. The white, non-Hispanic population is still the largest racial group in the U.S. Uh, okay, so they're still the biggest, but I guess they're, they're slowly decreasing in size is what it sounds like. The release bolstered expert predictions and estimates in past years that showed continued expansion of the Hispanic, Black, and Asian American populations and growing numbers of multiracial residents, only a fraction in past surveys. The diversity that we're seeing in this country is going to be much more pronounced, said William Fry, senior fellow at the Brookings Metropolitan Policy Program. The statistics gleaned from a decennial census are used to hand out hundreds of billions annually in federal funding and for everything from drawing school district boundaries to measuring the diversity of police forces and corporate boards. The data can provide the basis for comparisons of the racial makeup of certain populations or the American population as a whole. In 2020, 33.8 million people reported being more than one race. A small fraction of residents reported being multiracial in 2020, the first year respondents had the option, and that was 6.8 million. That share grew slightly in 2010 to 2.9% or 9 million people, according to the Census Bureau. At the national level, there was 61.6% chance that two people chosen at random would be of different racial or ethnic groups. That same probability, called a diversity index by census officials, was 54.9% in 2010. The states with the highest diversity index scores in 2020 were in the West with Hawaii at 76%, California with 69.7% and Nevada with 68.8%. The 2020 census used two separate questions to calculate race and ethnicity. One question focused on Hispanic or Latino origin. The other question focused specifically on race. The improvements and changes enable a more thorough and accurate depiction of how people self-identify yielding a more accurate portrait of how people report their Hispanic origin and race within the context of a two-question format, said Jones. And that makes sense um, just because that's the one I have to check. You know what I mean? Like, I look like a white man. I have a white name, but my mom is Hispanic. You know what I'm saying? So I can't check white. In, it always had now at least it always has white in parentheses non-hispanic i'm white but i'm also hispanic you know what i'm saying so i always have to check other race and then ethnicity will be hispanic it's been a while since i did one of those but it is interesting to see that and this article goes on and on but i mean i'm sure you guys have heard i've always heard that like at a certain point 2050 or whatever you know god forbid we make it that fucking long knock on wood uh that we're all gonna essentially be mixed with each other you know what i mean we're gonna look like the original man just brown you know middle eastern man but you know what the fuck do i know (laughs) 
But that's what they say, man. I just thought that article was interesting. So the white population, I guess, is still the largest in America as a whole, but it seems like it's steadily decreasing. The pure white, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. Shit's changing every day I eh? But yeah, everything else that we got here for episode 55 is pretty serious, you know what I mean? So go ahead and buckle your seatbelts, brace yourselves, man. Um, we're going to start off with a couple RIPs. A lot of them being dog-related. Luckily, all dogs go to heaven, you know what I'm saying? That's one of like the inevitable parts of having a pet is that it's pretty much guaranteed you're going to have to, you know, let that pet go at some point. Um, well, at least dogs. Some animals, I guess, live pretty fucking long, but dogs usually don't live any longer than about 20 years. But one of my bu- my buddy John's dog that they he had through college, when I was living with these dudes, living on their couch for a whole summer in college, this dog was there, slept with me every single night. Um, he was a, a lab rot mix named Arnold, you know, paying homage to the rot from Entourage, but great fucking dog, man. I guess he, you know, kind of reached that age where they decided to, you know, to let him transition, man. So rest in peace to Arnold. Fucking love that dog. I know my boss just had to put down his dog. Rest in peace to Hashi. And then there's this skate filmer for the Baker Squad Beagle who had like the coolest dog I've ever fucking seen, dude. This little black dog. I don't know what the breed was, but it was named Murdy. And he literally had an Instagram page dedicated to this dog because he was a little skate dog. He would literally, not not only would he ride on the skateboard, but he would ride down stair sets. He would, like, kind of grind curbs, do slappy grinds and shit. It was fucking awesome, dude. But I guess his dog passed away unexpectedly. So rest in peace to Murdy as well. Definitely check out the Instagram. It's Murdy the Dog. M-U-R-D-Y-T-H-E-D-A-W-G. Murdy the Dog. But yeah, rest in peace to Murdy. It's just sad, man. When I hear shit like that, you know what I mean? I come home and just fucking hug Rook for, you know, hours on end. Just because I know that it's going to happen at some point. You know what I mean? I hate to think about it, but it's it's pretty much guaranteed that I'm going to have to let Rook go at some point, man. So you got to love them while they're here. Fucking... She's literally sitting by my feet right now. I'm just petting her chin. Because she knows I love her. Yeah, you know I mean? Hey, woo. Hey, woo. Um, but yeah, the other two topics we got are pretty serious as well. I don't know if you guys have heard, but the Taliban have retaken over Afghanistan. You know, the United States government decided to pull the troops back to America. We've had uh, troops stationed over there pretty much since 01, I believe, since the Twin Towers incident. And we're finally bringing these dudes back. So I guess since 
since there isn't a strong military force fighting off the Taliban, they're slowly starting to take over again over in Afghanistan. So let's see what this article says here. It says, facing an August 31st deadline to leave Afghanistan, thousands of U.S. military service members must shift in a few days from evacuating Americans and Afghans to loading the remaining 5,400 U.S. personnel and essential equipment onto the final phases to depart the country after the 20-year war. The Pentagon said Wednesday that in the days ahead, it would increasingly give priority to evacuating U.S. military personnel and equipment from Hamad Karzai International Airport leading up to its August 31st deadline. But it committed to evacuating Afghans until operations conclude without saying when they would end or when the final military withdrawal would commence. We will have to reserve some capacity in those last couple of days to prioritize the military footprint leaving because we want to be able to keep it there as long as possible to do the job it is intended to do, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby told reporters Wednesday. In a sign of the shift, Turkey began evacuating its soldiers from Afghanistan, the defense ministry said on Wednesday. Turkish troops had played a key role securing the Kabul airport. Before the Taliban takeover, U.S. officials had been negotiating with Ankara toward an agreement in which Turkey would continue providing security at the airport after American forces left the country. The Turkish Defense Ministry said Wednesday that its soldiers were returning home after completing their mission. Over the past 24 hours, the U.S. evacuated 11,200 people on 42 cargo plane flights, the Pentagon said. In all, the U.S. has moved between 58,000 and 60,000 since August 14th, and roughly 88,000 have left through U.S. allied chartered or other flights combined, the Pentagon said. So yeah, it's it just sounds like it's mayhem again over in Afghanistan. The Taliban forces are basically running the Afghani government is what it sounds like. I'd also found this blurb a couple days ago that said, Afghanistan is being taken over by the Taliban. Today looks likely to be the end of an 11-day offensive where cities, roads, and regions have swiftly fallen to Taliban control. At the time of writing and posting this, the Taliban have taken the majority of Afghanistan's capital city, Kabul, including the presidential palace. The president, Ashraf Ghani, has fled the country. What does this mean for Afghan people right now? People are desperately attempting to leave. Hundreds of thousands of people have already been internally displaced as they fled from rural areas to the cities still under government control. Here they are camped out in parks and public places, but it is only a matter of time until the Taliban reaches them here. Residents of Kabul say the mood on the streets is of desperation and fear. Everyone is trying to withdraw their savings from banks, Shops are closed, and last night the city was plunged into darkness. Kabul airport is packed as people try desperately to leave the country. 
The Taliban are known for their hardline Islamist rule. They have a history of oppressing women and girls, meaning any gains in education for women and girls are likely to disappear overnight. Their other strict interpretations of Islamic law have included forbidding music and movies, forcing women to wear a full burqa, forcing men to keep their beard, banning women from employment except for health professionals. The past day's events are due to the unfortunately timed removal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan with all forces projected to be removed by September 2021. The Taliban have specifically targeted Afghans with broader links to the Western effort in their country. Earlier this month, the U.S. widened its refugee visa scheme for Afghans to include employees of U.S.-based NGOs, U.S.-funded projects, and others. The U.K. has a similar scheme called the Afghan Relocation and Assistance Policy, designed to accept and protect people who supported the U.K. mission in Afghanistan. However, due to political disagreements in both countries and the disappearing options for Afghan nationals to escape, it is unknown how many people will be able to actually take advantage of these options. So yeah, man, prayers, uh, you know, it sounds like shit is super rough out there right now, man. I don't even know what to say, really. It's still developing, so we'll keep tabs on that, but prayers everybody over there, man. It does not sound like a good situation. Another thing, another unfortunate event that we got to touch on is Haiti again. You know, they just had the catastrophe with their leader being assassinated. And I know they've been hit with earthquakes in the past, but they just got hit with another earthquake, a 7.2 magnitude earthquake that left more than 1,000 people dead. 11 days after the Western Hemisphere's poorest nation was rocked by a 7.2 magnitude earthquake, miracles and tragedies remain an everyday occurrence. Survivors are found alive in the wreckage as powerful aftershocks roll under makeshift housing. Aid shipments are hijacked by gangs amid promises for secure passage of desperately needed supplies. The death toll from the quake has risen to at least 2,207 people, according to Haiti's Civil Protection Agency. More than 12,200 were injured, and more than 50,000 homes were destroyed. In Haiti, however, hope springs eternal. On Sunday, eight days after the quake, 20 adults and four children reported missing were found trapped in the rubble on Peak Makaya, the Civil Protection Agency said. Peak Makaya is Haiti's second largest mountain. They were transported by helicopter for treatment, the agency tweeted. They received food assistance and hygiene kits. Aid is pouring in despite a spotty history of supplies actually getting to the country's most needy. More than 3,000 humanitarian non-governmental organizations operate in Haiti, often referred to as an aid state. One of them is Mercy Corps, and Christy Delafield is working with them in the hard-hit NIPS region, N-I-P-P-E-S. 
She says the Haitians there reflect frustration and determination. There is a tremendous amount of frustration, a certain amount of sadness, she said. At the same time, there are strong signs of hope, of human resilience. I am continuously inspired and impressed by their fortitude and their courage. Mercy Corps and other agencies quickly geared up after the August 14th Tembler. Efforts, however, were crippled by security concerns. An already unsettled political landscape turned to near anarchy last month after the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise. Truck hijackings and other unchecked gang activity have hamstrung relief efforts. So yeah, man, you know, like they hadn't gone through enough. Mother Nature came through and fucking, you know, threw another wrench in the plans in life. So prayers to Haiti, man. Positive vibes to the Haitian community once again. Hopefully everyone recovers that, you know, made it through. I've also heard that apparently donating to Red Cross in these kind of situations is one of the worst things you can do. So I've been advised to advise you guys, if you would like to help the people in Haiti, which I encourage you to do so, you know, find, there's definitely ways you can do that. Just do some research, you know what I mean? But apparently one of the ways you should not do that is to go through the Red Cross. Mercy Corps sounded like, um, you know, they might be a good option. But, you know, just be careful. A lot of scamming going on, especially with this pandemic. People are getting real shysty out here, you know. So just make sure, you know, support your fellow human being. Just make sure that your money's going where it's supposed to go. You know what I'm saying? Once again, prayers and positivity to the Haitian community. But, man, I think that's going to wrap it up for episode 55. Uh, I didn't really have much else here, at least not that we needed to get to today. Um, but yeah, man, you guys know the motherfucking vibes, you know what I mean? She, she, she. <laughs> Clarence would want you to stay safe, stay smart, stay sexy, and stay motherfucking tuned. Until episode 56, we'll see you guys next time, man. Definitely got some artists. Not some artists. Yeah, I'm a fucking record exec now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, definitely got some guests lined up. So keep your eyes and ears peeled, man. I mean, but before we get out of here, you know, you know what we got to do, man.
artist that goes by id labs i don't know if it's an artist or a group but it's just like a tape of instrumental beats that are just kind of chill ambiance type beats like that so yeah i mean that's my type of shit whenever i'm working or driving i feel like that shit's perfect you know what i'm saying so yeah man but like i said appreciate you guys checking in as always man Appreciate the questions. Send some more in the real podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, this is episode 55, the real K podcast. I am your motherfucking host, K pod. We're going to see you next time, motherfucker. The K podcast. Sayonara.